those things that we might consider to be quote unquote failures, those things that might be embarrassing to the average person, the most successful of my students, they don't mind sharing that. In our community, they will come forward and they'll say, hey, I just experienced this. What do you think? Hey, I just experienced that. What could I have done differently? Hey, this just happened to me and I'm really disappointed about it. What could I do better next time, right? And the reason why they do that is because instead of being attached to their ego, they know that there is growth on the other side of the feedback that they're going to receive. So they're willing to bear it all. They're willing to be open. They're willing to be valiant and vulnerable in sharing um, where things didn't go according to plan. And then as we start to work through those things, I might come up with, you know, one, two, three, four, five different alternative options. So now they didn't just have, you know, okay, here's one course of action. Go do this. They might have multiple courses of action now available to them, mapped out for them, that they can select the one that feels greatest to them. Welcome to the Hennapreneur Podcast, the exclusive podcast of its kind, dedicated to giving you an honest look at the realities of making a living as a henna professional. I'm your host, Chelsea Stevenson, a tea-loving, shoe-collecting mother of three in constant search for the most poppin' pair of earrings and the perfect shade of red lipstick. I'm also a professional henna artist and business strategist who went from barely being able to piece together a fluid design to being the owner of the most celebrated henna boutique in my city. I'm on a mission to help henna professionals to harness their skills and grow vibrant, profitable businesses that they absolutely love. If you want to make more money with your art, you are definitely in the right place. Let's get to it. Hey, hey, Hennapreneurs. Welcome back to another episode of the Hennapreneur Podcast. Today, I want to share with you some of the common behavioral traits that I see in some of my most successful students. So when I'm talking about my most successful students, I want to be really, really clear because I feel that basically anyone who comes, <laughs> if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, basically anyone who comes in and works with Hennapreneur um, and does the work has great success. So so there's this, it's hard to quantify most successful rather than, you know, successful in general. But I will, for the purposes of this episode, I'm going to define what I would call my most successful students as those who, within a very short period of time, have accomplished a lot and have done it in a time frame that is very advanced in comparison to what is normal inside of our industry. Now, even with that being said, honestly, that's the majority of my clients. Um, many of my students that work with me here inside of Hennapreneur experience a trajectory that places them well in advance, well beyond um, what is um, typical of our industry and what it would be considered standard industry growth. And so for that reason, (laughs) uh, I can say very happily that there are a number of traits that I've been able to identify amongst those people who have experienced this, you know, high level of success in a very short period of time. So uh, without further ado, let's, let's talk. Yeah. So one of the, (laughs) one of the most interesting behaviors that I've noticed in my most successful students is that they do not delay in taking action. And Y'all know that I am big about action taking in general. I talk a lot about this. I uh, I preach a lot about this, right? It is so important for us to take action and that that action be in alignment with our aspirations. But 
my most successful students are very unique in that oftentimes they don't delay taking action at all when it comes to working with me specifically. It may be that they are brand new to Hendapreneur, meaning they just came across my body of work, they just come across perhaps a podcast, or they um, came in and they found some live video, or they joined the Hendapreneur community, the group on Facebook, and they typically are around for a very little amount of time when they make the choice to work with me. So when I think of some of my most successful students, many of them have actually chosen to make their first investment with Hendapreneur within a number of days of of, of becoming exposed to my content. And I find that really, really interesting and very fascinating uh, because what it says to me is that these are people who are ready. They are ready for change. They are ready to do the work. They literally are just looking for the right guidance. And when they see it, they know it and that's it. And they just go for it, right? And so that kind of takes me to a second point here, which is that, you know, they see themselves and they see their vision in my mission here at Hendapreneur. So, you know, even as I speak to you, right, listeners, <laughs> as I speak to a community about the importance of knowing your ideal client right? Your ideal client is going to connect very deeply, very quickly with what you put out into the world. And when your mission and your values <laughs> are very visible and they're present and they're palpable inside of your marketing and the way that you show up in your business, your ideal client is going to see that. It's going to very much resonate with them and they're going to be super comfortable scheduling that appointment with you or hiring you for their party or, or bringing you into their event, what have you. This, friends, is exactly what happens here at Hendapreneur. These are um, artists who see what I'm doing here at Hendapreneur and they see themselves and they see that vision. They see the goals that they have for themselves and they're like, yes, this is my person. I want to work with her, right? And uh, because of that, they know and they trust that working with me is exactly what they need. They're not questioning, you know, is this right? Is it the right time? Is it, you know, is it, uh, I, I know it's a, it's a hefty investment. I'm, I'm not sure if I, you know, should I, maybe I should get some more feedback. Maybe I should watch a little more. No, my most successful students don't do any of this. My most successful students will invest with Hednapreneur within a number of days of even becoming exposed, first exposure to um, the content that I produce here, um, which is, you know, it speaks to, it speaks to what I teach. <laughs> it speaks to what I teach, right? Another trait, another behavioral trait is that, you know, they are coachable. They're coachable. My most successful students are very open and they are flexible. They recognize that they don't know what they don't know. And because of that, they take advice and they take advice without taking it personally right? They, this is the thing. Oftentimes when we are learning, there's like this weird energy around teacher student, <laughs> which I, I'm actually not, I'm not a fan of, right? I'm not a fan of. I, I don't particularly subscribe to the idea that, you know, there's a hierarchy between teacher student and so forth. Like that's not really a thing for me. And there is this uh, culture around learning spaces that says, you know, if someone gives you advice or if someone tells you to do something differently, um, that you should take it personally because it means that you were you were too dumb to figure it out on your own, or you were not, well, you were not qualified enough to do that on your own, or you just, you know, you weren't good enough on your own. And I don't think that any of those things are true. 
And for me, it is one of the most common things that I will mention in one-on-one conversations with new students, especially if I sense that there is a hesitation for them to um, to ask questions or to take up space, uh, which we're going to talk about in a second. But if I sense that there is any um, caution there, I let them know, hey, no one came out of the womb knowing how to run a henna business. No one came out of the womb knowing how to market, um, how to do financial uh, planning, um, how to attract the right clients, how to prepare henna paste, how to apply designs. No one came out of the womb with that knowledge. And so we're all here to learn and we're here to learn from one another. I'll tell you something that's interesting just so you can have an idea of the type of culture that's cultivated um, inside of my programs. In the Inside Circle, which is a private Facebook group that's just for my students, I have a rule that the program participants are not allowed to tag me. If they have a question, they're not allowed to tag me. <laughs> and the reason for that, um, you maybe you know hear that and think, well, they're paying you. Why can't they tag you? Why can't they, you know, I get it. The reason why that rule is in place is because I find it very important that we create a learning space that feels equitable and that honors the experiences of everyone who's in the room and that um, places equal value on the um, thoughts, opinions, perspectives of everyone present for the conversation. And so if you know a entrepreneur comes in and asks a question inside of the group and tags me, what that inadvertently does is it sends a message to the other members of the program saying, actually, I don't even want to hear from you. I just want to hear from her. And that, my friends, is that's not the energy that I'm that I'm arriving with, right? That's that's not the type of culture that I want to create in the spaces that I work. Not only am I uh, doing that because I'm not the end-all be-all, but also I think that it's incredibly important for us to seek out the value of the insights of our peers, of our colleagues. Now, there's a little bit of a caveat here, right? Not everyone in a room is always qualified to offer feedback. And that's why it's particularly valuable to have access to that private community because the artists that are there all have had experience going through my program. They understand the themes that are taught there. They understand the systems that are taught there and the strategies that are taught there. And so when someone asks a question, the answers that you get are also very high quality. Um, rather than, you know, if you ask a question in a larger, you know, perhaps in the free Facebook group or something, you may actually hear feedback from someone who maybe isn't, isn't really in a space to be answering that thing. Or um, it can be a situation where it's kind of like the blind leading the blind, um, as they say, which also is not particularly helpful, right? So here, and, I, and I'll bring this back, here, you know, my most successful students are coachable, they're flexible, they're willing to ask questions, and they don't, they don't take it to heart when advice is given that's contrary to the action that they would have taken or that they've taken in the past. And that's not just advice from me. That's also advice um, or perspective that's offered from other members in the program and their colleagues, essentially, within that private community. And that is super, super important. Coachable people <laughs> have the best results. You know you're called to do henna. This is what you're supposed to be doing. You know you want to connect with people through this creative outlet, to learn their stories, and to use your skills to help them feel like their best selves with your adornment on their bodies. 
You know you want to bless the world with your art and you know you want to get paid well to do it too. So friend, why are you sitting on the sidelines settling for less when you know you're meant for more? If this is your calling, which let's be real, if you're here listening to me, it is, <laughs> then it's time for you to put your calling into action. And there are two ways that you can do that. You can either do it on your own and cross your fingers super tight that you'll figure out how to do it flawlessly, or you can sign up for the business bootcamp and have the support and guidance that you need to do it well from day one from someone who's already been there, done that, and built the business to prove it. If you're ready to call it quits on doing the side hustle shuffle and want to finally build the henna business that you can be proud of with your art, then head over to hennapreneur.com bbc. That's hennapreneur.com bbc and get registered for the next business bootcamp today. Seats are limited and the next cohort kicks off soon. Visit hennapreneur.com bbc and save your seat. The business that you've been dreaming of is only nine weeks away. Let's get started today. Another one of the most common traits that I see in my most successful students is that they don't seek out excuses. They are incredibly empowered in their decision-making and in their choices. These are people who oftentimes I actually won't hear from them very much prior to them investing in, in the program. I might hear, you know, a question or two, and typically it's like a logistical thing, you know, well, what time are the calls? Or when will I be able to access this or that? Or does it include this? And yet, these are not like, these are not questions that are going to require, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna use this phrase, and I hope that it lands in the way that I intend it and not beyond that, but they don't require a lot of handholding and they don't require a lot of emotional coddling prior to making their decision. The reason for that is they are not looking for an out. They're not looking for an out. They're not looking for an excuse. They're just looking for answers. They're looking for reasons to say yes not excuses for why they should say no. And I don't say that just as it relates to their involvement and their investment in my programs, but that sort of behavior shows up even when they're in the process of working with me. These are people who don't look for excuses why the strategy that I introduce is impossible for them, why they can't go live, why they can't sit down and um, put together their marketing plan, why it's impossible for them to learn how to build their website, why they can't you know, watch the video. This is not a thing that they do. My most successful students are always looking for reasons why they can oh, this part of the program is pre-recorded. Excellent. I'm going to put it on, um, you know, after I put my kids to bed. Uh, oh, this part of the program is, you know, happening at this time. You know what? I'm going to find uh, childcare or I'm going to find an activity for my kids so that I can, you know, spend that hour in live coaching. Uh, oh, this is going on. Like we're constantly looking for reasons why we can participate, why we can do, why we can actually uh, engage with the things that are going to yield us the results we're looking for, right? So these people, they don't seek out excuses. They're incredibly empowered. And, you know, even when things are challenging, they continue to show up. A very prime example of this, some of my best students, some of my most uh, successful students uh, were with me during the height of COVID. They were with me um, just at the beginning of COVID and throughout that first year, which, I mean, I don't feel like I should have to divulge this. I feel like it goes without saying. And yet, let's be super clear. When you make a significant investment to come and work with 
a business coach or a strategist like myself, and then your industry shuts down entirely, you're probably going to feel quite a deal of anxiety, perhaps some buyer's remorse, perhaps a lot of fear, right? Like there's so many emotions that come up there and all of those things are very valid emotions. And my most successful students never talked to me about any of those. They never made mention about any of those. You know what they did instead? When I came into the inside circle, when I came into, you know, to our private group and I said, hey, this is what's going on and this is what I'm going to do for you. Um, this is what we're going to do together. Hey, look, I've never been through a pandemic before and I know neither have y'all, but I've been through some stuff in my business and I have been through some some trauma, some chaos that has caused me to have to shut down my business before and still be able to run it later on when I was ready to reopen. So I had some perspective. Do you trust me? Are you willing <laughs> Are you willing to, um, to follow me even if you don't see the end in, in sight? And they said, yeah. Show us the way. Let's do it. I'm down. I'm here. I'm let's let's go for it. This is what I'm talking about, friends. They're not looking for excuses. You know how many people could have just very easily said, you know what? Our industry is closed. And and people did this, right? Obviously, not the people who I'm discussing here, but there were many people inside of our industry who did this. Things have shut down. I can't even apply henna to, you know, to to other, you know, to clients. I can't take clients, so I can't make money. I can't go out and work. The festivals are closed. You know, we're social distancing. I can't, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then they disappeared. <laughs> Their business is closed. They were unwilling. They looked for the excuse why it wouldn't work instead of the reasons why they should stick with it. Instead of the reasons why they could continue on either way. There's a thing here that exists. And if, depending on, <laughs> depending on where you fell during the pandemic, uh, what I'm about to say next might ruffle feathers and I'm okay with that. I'll sleep, I'll sleep all tonight. Um, <laughs> there's a thing here that, that is a, a distinction between these two groups and that is accountability. My most successful students are not seeking out excuses because they are personally accountable to their goals. They get it. They know that even if they can't see the end in sight, even if they are unsure, even if things look foggy and they feel like they're in the dark and they're, they're you know, not 100% confident in where they're going, they continue to put one foot in front of the next and they continue to progress forward. They're accountable to their goals. They they understand. They get it. They know that <laughs> they have to continue to move forward. They have to continue to put in the work if they're going to ever achieve what it is that they say that they showed up to do. And that's the difference between those who stick with it and those who look for reasons, right? Reasons why they can and those who don't stick with it, who throw in the towel, um, and who find every excuse why they cannot, they cannot be present, they cannot do the thing, they cannot have success. Another trait that I've found is very common in my most successful students is that they aren't attached to their ego. Now this one is really, I think one of my favorites. <laughs> I think it's one of my favorite traits to be honest. These are people who ask clarifying questions. They aren't afraid to take up space when they don't know something. So uh, one of one of my students that comes to mind 
she is one of the the most successful students uh, for sure that I've engaged with over the history of Hannapreneur. And it's so funny to me because even today, sometimes, you know, something might happen and she'll say, um, I don't even care. I don't even care if this is a dumb question or not. I just need to know the answer. Um, and then she'll tell me what the question is. Um, she's not afraid, right? She's not afraid of taking up space. She's not afraid of saying, hey, pause, pause. Don't go further anymore. I got to get some clarity around this first. I, I you know, I need to, <laughs> I need to get this first before we move on. I love that she is open about that. And I love that she, um, because she's not afraid to take up space, she inspires the other participants in the program to also take up space when they don't know something or when they need something, when they need more support, right? These people, these people are willing to share what might be embarrassing, right? So let's say, for example, you know, they went to work out uh, with a client and um, they found that there was an issue. You know, they uh, when they arrive at the booking, there's a problem or maybe maybe they're not so thrilled with the art that they created that day and they want some feedback or um, maybe they dropped the ball on a contract and didn't actually close the booking or, you know, whatever. Those things that we might consider to be quote unquote failures, um, where they, you know, they missed the shot, <laughs> right? They shot the shot and they missed the shot, right? Those things that might be um, embarrassing to the average person, the most successful of my students, they don't mind sharing that. In our community, they will come forward and they'll say, hey, I just experienced this. What do you think? Hey, I just experienced that. What could I have done differently? Hey, I, this just happened to me and I'm really disappointed about it. What could I do better next time, right? And the reason why they do that is because instead of being attached to their ego, they know that there is growth on the other side of the feedback that they're going to receive. So they're willing to bear it all. They're willing to be open. They're willing to be valiant and vulnerable in sharing um, where things didn't go according to plan. And because they do that, it makes space for me and for others to come in and uplift them, support them, offer new perspective, offer some perhaps uh, new strategy or new uh, opportunity for, you know, for, for change, for them to try something different, right? Like it only benefits them. But when you're attached to your ego, when you're afraid of being seen as less than, when you're afraid of being embarrassed, when you're afraid of stepping out of your comfort zone, it's impossible for you to reap the rewards of the feedback that comes. Do you understand how rich the feedback that you can receive is because you are willing to be open? Every time you, you know, share, and I'm, I tell you this, at, you know, as a coach, as a mentor, as a consultant, as a business strategist, the more information I have, the easier it is for me to give very in-depth, nuanced feedback. And not just about one thing. Typically, when my clients come to me with, um, you know, with a problem, I'll say, okay, tell me a little bit more about this. And then as we start to work through those things, I might come up with, you know, one, two, three, four, five different alternative options. So now they didn't just have, you know, okay, here's one course of action, go do this. They might have multiple courses of action now available to them, mapped out for them, that they can select the one that feels greatest to them. 
And that's so valuable. Having someone in your corner who gets your stuff, who knows your business, who knows your your clients, who knows your market positioning, right? Who knows what your goals are and who is able to brainstorm with you and to work with you and to and to course correct you. In order to get the best out of that though, you have to be open, you have to be vulnerable. And so the best of my students they're not attached to their ego in that way. And they're totally open and willing to be uh, and say and do the things that one might call embarrassing in order to reap the reward of the growth that exists. Um, it's just And it's just waiting for them on the other side. And finally, <laughs> one of the traits that I find in some of my most successful students is that they hold themselves in high regard. And I love this. They hold themselves in high regard. They typically have high self-esteem and are confident in their ability. Now, this presents a little bit different depending on where they are in their Henna journey and their personal journey when they meet me, <laughs> right? When they actually begin to engage with Hennapreneur and when we actually begin to work together. For some people, this looks like they just have, in general, high self-esteem. They carry themselves in such a way, you know, you can tell they hold themselves in high regard. And this is just apparent, right? Uh, for some, they may, on a personal level, not feel so confident, but perhaps they're very confident in their art. Or perhaps it's not that they have confidence in their art, but they have uh, a lot of confidence in the support that's, uh, that surrounds them um, as they step into this journey uh, of working alongside me. Whatever it is, because it varies, you know, it varies from, from student to student, but the common thread that I see is those who do the best inside of my programs or over the time that we're working together are those who hold themselves in high regard and who have a high level of self-esteem or a high level of confidence in their ability in some capacity, right? Oftentimes also, these are people who, you know, who do have a very strong work ethic because they care about the legacy they're leaving because they hold themselves in high regard and they know that the work that they're placed here to do is important. And the legacy that they're leaving is important. The way that they are impacting their families, their community, their own identity, right? The way that they are uh, remembered. These things matter to them. And because they value those things as well, they, they show up and they're willing to do the work. Right. And that strong work ethic always, always, always shows itself um, to me very early on when we start working together. <laughs> um, it's always apparent because these are the people who, you know, they will they'll show up to every call. Um, these are the people who dive into the coursework immediately. These are the people who are ready to like move it, move forward, ready to advance, ready to <laughs> to really hit the ground running. And they do so in a way that is unguarded. Um, they're very enthusiastic. Uh, they are ready to do this work because they are ready for the change. They are ready for the transformation that their business and their life will, will um, encounter once they have begun to implement the things that I teach them. Um, and so that very, that strong work, that work ethic shows up very early on and it tends to be consistent over the time that we work together. And Finally, you know, there's this this piece here around, you know, high regard that I want to kind of also kind of point out. And that is that while they may not have it initially, meaning when we first start working together, 
they may come in feeling as though this exists and then as we actually start working together they uncover that they've been they've been doing a little bit of fake in it and then we start to cultivate the real thing and that is that they develop a deep sense of self-trust while we're working together over the time that um, they're in the program over the time that we get to know one another in the coaching that's happening inside of um, the work that we do, oftentimes they come in feeling like they had a, a sense of self-trust. And then once we actually get in and start doing the work, because let me be very clear, when you come and work with Hennepreneur, we don't just address the business thing because I don't believe that we can compartmentalize business and life. Um, I don't, I just, I don't think that it's possible. And so for me, one of the things that is uh, very important is that I make space for my students to be able to receive support, even for the personal aspects of business, to include mindset, to include boundaries, um, to talk about um, you know childhood trauma, past trauma, current trauma, right? How we're coping, things that are that are challenging or uh, frustrating or perhaps a growth edge for them um, today. Those are also things that we discuss, and it might not seemingly have anything to do with henna. And yet it always has everything to do with henna because when you are well, <laughs> then you can operate your business more fully as well. You're going to show up in a different energy. You're going to attract people um, in a different way. And so I want to see all of my students very whole by the time they leave uh, my program, right? And so um, oftentimes my most successful students will come in feeling as though, yeah, I, you know, I, self, you know, I trust myself. I have a good sense of, you know, reason about me, right? I'm level-headed. I, I, I make good choices and things like this. And then once we actually get into the program and begin to do this deep personal development work alongside of the work that we're doing to grow their business, Oftentimes there is a little bit of a shift and a light bulb goes off and they realize, oh my gosh, I've actually been masking a lot for a long time. And what I uh, was putting on as self-trust maybe actually wasn't that, or maybe it wasn't as deep as I thought it was, but but now I'm ready. I'm ready to, you know, to trust myself in a more deep and rich way. Um, and I personally love when I see that transition happen. And typically I, I begin to notice this within about three months or so of us working together, um, you know, for those, for those students who tap in and, and engage very, you know, immediately, basically. <laughs> Again, these are my most successful students. So typically those who begin to engage um, around the time, by, by month three, I can see it's a tangible change almost um, in their energy and the way that they approach um, life, business, etc. And that friends brings me so 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 much joy so I'll give you a, a quick rundown again of what these were um, these common traits I see in my most successful students one they don't delay in taking action two they're coachable three they don't seek out excuses rather they look for reasons why they can right four they aren't attached to their ego and five they hold themselves in high regard if these things are you listen <laughs> come work with me <laughs> if these things are you that means that you are basically set up for success um when you come and engage the program because uh, there's a track history that says people like this do exceptionally well um i would love to i would love to invite you in all jokes aside i would love to invite you to come and join me inside of um, the business boot camp or join me inside of the accelerator um i i 
love working with people who have these qualities um, because it's not just for me. Listen, <laughs> I benefit nothing because your business grows. <laughs> All right. Your business growing is, has everything to do with you, um, has everything to do with the legacy that you intend to leave behind. Similarly, it is of no consequence to me if you come in and join the program and take away absolutely nothing because you do none of the work, right? But I don't look for, <laughs> I don't look for students like that. I don't feel good about that. That doesn't excite me. <laughs> it doesn't excite me for you to come in and, and not take advantage of the resources that you invested in. Like, no, not at all, right? So when you come and work with me, I most feel excited by those who approach the programs with vigor, who are excited to get involved, who are ready to jump in and who have the work ethic and the willingness no, to um, to go in and and really engage this work and do the thing that they want, right? I want to see your actions aligned with those aspirations that you have, right? So um, again, if that's you, I'd love to chat with you. You're more than welcome at any point in time. You can send me a message over on Facebook. You can send me an email as well, whatever is most convenient for you. And let's chat. Talk to me about what's going on in your business. Um, and I would be thrilled to point you in the right direction um, in terms of you know where I can see um, you fitting in with Hedenpreneur and how I could support you, right? I'm gonna go ahead and open up a uh, thread for us over in the Hedenpreneur community. Um, that's our uh, just our free Facebook group where we love to hang out. If you're not already a member, be sure to join us. Um, but I'll open up a little space there for us to talk about um, these different traits. And I, I'm so interested to hear um, if these traits apply to you or if you find yourself challenged by some of these traits. I'd like to know about that too. Like let's spend some time um, kind of digging in there because oftentimes there's a story there that it's ready to be released so that we can step into to the next and best uh, iteration of ourselves. All right, well, I will talk to you next time. Bye for now. Hey friend, I just wanna give you a quick thank you for tuning into this episode of the Hennapreneur Podcast. And I hope that you're really enjoying connecting with me in this way. You can find links to all of the content shared today in the show notes located at hennapreneur.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed the show and would like to stay in the loop with Hennapreneur, be sure to subscribe to the podcast too. You'll get access to all of the new episodes and to surprise bonus episodes as well as soon as they're released. I'd be so grateful to you if you'd take a moment to rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. This helps me to reach more artists like you who would love and benefit from the show. For more ways to connect and work with me or to join me inside of the Hennapreneur community, pop over to hennapreneur.com. I can't wait to support you as you chase your big audacious goals, one henna design at a time.